0: This is episode number 54 of the Abuse Talk podcast. Welcome to the Abuse Talk podcast. My name is Jennifer Gilmore and I turned my pain into a purpose. I'm an author and advocate for women in abusive relationships and believe that together we are louder. Louder. each fortnight there is a new episode on the abuse talk podcast featuring a series of interviews with those that work in the domestic abuse sector and sharing it with all of you we are also mixing it with survivor stories those with lived experiences we can learn from them and help raise the awareness of domestic abuse. In this episode I speak to a familiar person who joins in with hashtag abuse talk all the time and is a fantastic support. Her name is Ute Weiss, hopefully I've pronounced her surname right and you will be giggling in a moment because we actually get into why she calls herself Susan online and, um, and all of that anyway before we get started i do want to say a big thank you to our main sponsor rockpool they deliver trauma-informed programs around the uk and you can find out more about them at rockpool.life i also want to say thank you to my hashtag abuse talk patrons um susan rahima and katrina hay who have been there right from the beginning when i set up my patreon and they are specifically on the hashtag abuse talk tier because they are supporting this project with hashtag abuse talk if you want to find out more about that you can head to patreon.com forward slash jen l gilmore now i'm going to get into it because this is definitely one of those podcast episodes that I am so excited to share with you. I'm clearly excited because I think I use the word excited quite a lot in this episode, just a pre-warning. I am actually so excited <laughs> about this episode because I'm speaking to Susan. Oh but we've her- <laughs> Hello, Susan. Hello, <laughs> Susan.
1: Hi, hi from Germany.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So excited that you're joining us today and you're a familiar on hashtag abuse talk. You're always tweeting with us. So I think we better cover your name. (laughs) 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 We've just been talking about it. Um, I've been pronouncing Susan's real name, her German name, uh, completely different. Um, And I thought it would be a good opportunity for Susan to pronounce it for everybody <laughs> and I've learned it hopefully so Susan and um, please introduce yourself and tell us about your name and um, okay. <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> and my German name is Ute Ute Ute, Ute. yeah <laughs> uh, I traveled the world most people couldn't pronounce it so I used my second first name and that's Susanne in German and that's international Susan Nice
0: and simple. And <laughs> yeah, Susan is so
1: much easier.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think only when you're reading something, you might have a different pronunciation. And you were just telling me um, about all the different parts of the world saying your name completely different, which I thought was so interesting. Actually, it makes you unique.
1: Right. <laughs> and Ute is a very old German name. You won't find it in other languages. It just doesn't exist. So, so you're but even the more sun is, unique. The sun is international, Susan. Susan, Susan, Sue, Susie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we could we could give you all these different names. Um, but thank you for joining me because, as I mentioned, you do join in. I think it's got to be nearly every week on Hashtag #abuse talk on Twitter. And the um, a little while ago, I tweeted out there to say, uh, "Is anybody wanting to share their story, their lived experiences of domestic abuse? Um, wanting to, you know." get everybody on here and um we've had a really good response and how exciting was it that I saw your email pop up so I'm really glad that we're doing this and um we're going to talk a bit about your journey and I'm sure um tweeters out there are going to enjoy listening to it um, and obviously, when we get to the part where where you are now in your life as well, um, it's not always easy talking about our journeys. So I thank you for, for being with me verbally. And um, if you could let us know what you were like before um, you met your partner originally, what, what was Susan like before then?
1: Uh, well, I was always very free. I wanted to travel. I wanted to see the world. I studied at university and I had the option to go to New Zealand, United States, Switzerland. I worked in different countries and studied. And I didn't have uh, real relationships then because um, I wanted to be independent. So I had lovers on the way, if that makes sense. (laughs) Which was um, was okay. (laughs) And... um, I traveled around the world after my university studies, came back to Germany when I was 29. And when I turned 30, I thought I would like to have a family. Mm. I never saw myself as a mother before that. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden I thought, oh, wouldn't it be nice to have kids? And I met, Hen- I call him Henry, okay, it's not his real name.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So
1: yeah.
0: um, something I didn't ask, where, whereabouts in Germany I live now. Um, when you, well, I suppose we better cover all areas. If uh, <laughs> Where were you when, when you were 30, when you met Henry?
1: When I came back from Canada to Germany, I wanted to live near the mountains and a lake. And the only place in Germany is in the South Lake, Constance. You have got a lake and the Swiss Alps. It's very beautiful. And I got a job there, working in a little publisher's company, very, very small. And we did a horse magazine. So I had the office work and I had the horses. I love horses and dogs. And uh, he, he did a um, workshop there. So we had workshops for horse handling. And Henry did a workshop there, right? And we met in the horse stable. It was very romantic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining all sorts now. <laughs> it was very romantic. I, he loved horses. I loved horses. And, you know, it was nice. Mm. I, what was funny, I didn't, he, he wasn't really this the type of man I felt attracted to. Right. You no, know, no, this looks wasn't really my, the, the, the kind of man I had before. I didn't find him attractive. Right. So what, what drew you to him? Um, He was very kind. He was very good with horses and he did what I now know was love bombing. He -hmm. put me on a pedestal right away, you know, flowers, chocolates, dinners, riding the horses, working with the horses and, um, I actually wanted to have a little farm. I, I studied agriculture and biology. So he said he wanted to have a farm and you know self-sustaining life in the country someplace. He even dreamed of going to the United States where he had been working on a farm. I preferred Canada or New Zealand. So it was this future dreaming. Yeah. So and he made almost- me feel very safe. I don't know. He, he, I, I've never felt loved like that before. Hmm. And as I wanted to settle down with the family and the house, you know, the white picket fence, (laughs) (laughs) he was dreaming, I felt he was dreaming the same dream.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So so soulmate. And
1: I was into this soulmate stuff. Oh, terrible.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that, I guess. (laughs) I
1: think
0: I I, I was, I I think I was,
1: I was quite naive young woman Mm. an empath uh highly sensitive not very good boundaries right yeah and then he told me about his terrible childhood and of course that warmed my heart you know we all know that now Mm. I didn't know at that time
0: Mm. I think you know it's easy isn't it to look on hindsight back at yeah. you know yeah. the signs the symptoms yeah. but if you're not educated in it or if you know nope. have no awareness whatsoever how are you meant to know about the signs and the symptoms
1: and, and you know it was in 1991 I think mm-hmm. long time ago nobody talked about domestic abuse or narcissism mm. Yeah, I, so I, there was nothing out there was no information out there nowadays there's so much information which is great mm, but at that don't... time no
0: yeah so I, I I've got a picture of you um obviously I, I sort of uh, visualize things as um I talk um what so I, you've already mentioned some of those first you know signs about the love bombing yeah. and obviously being quite similar in aspiration yeah. um, for life um how
1: no, no. Um, i mean now now we know it's a future faking isn't it what's future faking
0: yes um
1: yeah.
0: so how did you you know take us on those first you know maybe months um of that relationship you know how did you did he ask you out how did you come together
1: well um yeah well I wasn't you know he wasn't the type of man I was drawn to Mm. so I think as he was a predator that spoke to him he had to conquer me right so he asked me out almost every day and he brought me flowers and books and we talked about books and horses and everything and um yeah, we went on walks and hikes and uh, I wasn't easy. as so I thought it was, he's not, the. I don't know how to say this, but um, then it was very fast, you know, mm. it was too fast. And when I, I wanted to slow it down and he right. said to me, you know, I wanna settle down, I, wa- I wanna settle down, I want to marry you, I wanna have children, I wanna have five children with you. And um, if you don't um, make up your mind, I'll, I'll finish this. And at that time I was drawn in too much because it was mm. all this serotonin and uh, adrenaline and you know what happens in the brain when they mm. love bomb you, I didn't wanna lose him and then I got pregnant <laughs> yeah and then he had me
0: yeah yeah the, yeah. yeah
1: I think yeah. what you I mean, just said
0: then then yeah. he had me
1: um, and he had me because I was pregnant and then there's these hormones I'm a biologist and I think in it, it's biology you've got these hormones you want to have you want to make a nest and you want to have a house and you want to have a partner and a family and yeah and he was still love bombing he was still nice mm. I mean there were red flags mm. but we found um, a nice flat and we moved near the lake and he started criticizing but it was so subtle mm.
0: very subtle so yeah so we've, we've gone we've gone into the relationship you've had those what we would call signs now um but yeah. not at the time when you're living in it you you don't really recognize it in no. fact it's quite enduring isn't it it's quite it feels kind of nice to be loved so much perhaps yeah. um and you've got you've got pregnant you're you're in this relationship now and you're starting to see some of the criticism um, how long was it before you started to recognize that it was an abusive relationship or d- did you not ever recognize that it
1: got to this point? I, if somebody had told me I was in an abusive relationship, I would have said no. Mm.
0: You know?
1: um, my little, when my little son, after he had, had one of his rages and broke the bathroom door, I was hiding and I took the kids out in the car and everything and my little son said to me I wish daddy was dead that was the moment I I, I really thought something's very wrong
0: Mm. because
1: if a five-year-old wants his daddy to be dead something's really wrong that was the turning point for me
0: yeah so um just before that point then because um obviously your son's um, is it your son? It wasn't, was, not wasn't it?
1: Well, it was, and, the little um, one was five. The five only one was old. eight. Right, okay. Eight, eight and five, yeah. So you had another so we, child? I had, yes, I had, after three years, I had another child. And that's when the abuse, looking back, that's when the abuse really started. When I had my second child. Right. We moved. I didn't have a job anymore. He had me. I, I was trapped. And he knew it, you know? mm. Yeah, but uh, as you know, there are good times too. It wasn't all bad. It it would be so easy if, if everything's bad and shitty, <laughs> but there were good times too. I mean, you know, you go on family outings, you have game nights and pizza mm. and go to the cinema and play.
0: I mean, um, it, I mean, we've got to talk about those good times as well, in yeah. a sense, because yeah. why would we stay for all that time if there weren't any good times i feel that the good times are almost like an insurance or <laughs> some it's a a way for us to maybe think oh maybe they've changed or
1: you know it's it is okay back. it yep. is happy yeah
0: Yeah, it's. I can make him happy. It was
1: always on me. I can make him happy. I can. He's had this dreadful childhood. He's stressed out. He has to work so much. I can make him happy. And today we were happy. And maybe Prince Charming's coming back. Mm. Because you always remember the first time, Mm. the love bombing stage. Mm. And you want to have this man back, the man you had once.
0: Yeah. And I think it's. It's confusing, isn't it then? So if you're talking about your biology knowledge.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Changes your brain, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. And not only does it have that, um, you know, mental effect, but actually um, for stress, as an example, it comes out, it can completely destroy someone um yeah. the stress levels so you'll know that all of the, the the way it wears down on your body um physically and mentally um so obviously this you know your five-year-old has turned around and said that big statement w- what did you feel you know did you what did you think at that
1: moment well we were sitting in the we got out of the house two kids and me and the dog and we were sitting and I couldn't start the ignition because I was shaking so much. I, I feared for my life that moment. And then the little one said, I wish daddy was dead. And I was thinking, how did I come to this? I felt ashamed about our family life. I felt like a failure because I couldn't fix it. I thought I have to fix it. I went to counseling when the little one was a baby because I was so unhappy and the counselor, <laughs> the counselor, she was a woman, okay? She said to me, oh, just cook him a nice dinner when he comes home, you know, this poor guy is stressed out, blah, blah. So as if it was on me. And I went to a counselor a couple of years later and this was a man and he said to me, okay, what can you do not to make him angry? So it was on me again. I felt I had to do, and I, I had done everything I could think of and nothing nothing really changed him, the abuser. Mm. Walking so, on eggshells and trying to piece, um, appease him, you know, mm. didn't work.
0: I mean, it's kind of shocking to think that that's the advice that you got. Yes. And I know it was some time ago, but really they're saying about preventing yeah. Preventative work—you yeah. need to do this to prevent that from happening. Yeah, and that—that's really—it te- makes
1: me furious thinking about it. Makes me still furious because I—I could have got out earlier. Yeah. So yeah, um, somebody
0: could have done something, or something. Could... I could have
1: moved out, you know, when they were little. Yeah. But so it took me another. Well, the little one was five; the older was eight when we separated right so it took me another lot another so we had another four three four years and right. it, it was getting worse of course it was getting worse
0: mm.
1: yeah this well, rages things- and these threats and uh, if you leave me I'll kill you if you leave me I'll uh, see that you and your kids starve in the streets if you leave me I bash your brains and yeah And what support was there for you when you um, managed to get out of that
0: relationship?
1: I could get out because the day my little son said, I wish daddy was dead. I called the family center the next day and I got a really good counselor. This man saved my life. This man saved me and my kids. Wow. Um, Because he believed me. He believed me and he didn't say stupid stuff like cook nice dinner. Oh, <laughs> and he said to me, um, it would be best if your husband came too. Yeah. And I asked Henry to, and he actually came to appointments and this counselor was so good. Somehow he, he his communication skills were so good that Henry stayed for two, three sessions. Mm-hmm. Do you say sessions? meetings yes yeah counseling meetings and it was every second week so he didn't have his rages because he knew I would tell the council about it and that's I I know this now from now I know what happened because he felt that he was losing control right and behind my back he was looking for a new job and we started going to this council in February, I think, or March, and in May he told me, "Oh, actually, I found a new job in the next bigger city, 80 kilometers away. Right. I'm going to move out in August." So he discarded me, and I, and then he said, "Now you've got what you wanted. You've destroyed this family." And I was devastated because I was still hoping that we could solve our marriage problems.
0: Yeah. Well I mean oh god that sounds like you know so so difficult especially if you're in that mindset about resolving it yeah, going to see can, yeah. a counselor to yeah. get that help did yeah. you continue to see the counselor after and, um, yeah, really and then blessed. he
1: said to me, "I, I won't come anymore to Herr Krappendorf was his name. I won't come anymore because I don't need it. Um, you've got the problems. You are the problem. I've got a new job. I'm moving out. I'm not going there anymore." But I went. I still went, and this council said it's very important that you come. It's your safety net. And then this counselor, and I was crying there. I said, oh no, he's going to leave me and I'm going to be alone. I'm going to be a single mother. I haven't got a job. I am good money. What, what shall I do? And this counselor said to me, you're a very strong woman and you don't know yet how lucky you are that he's moving out. Yeah. And I was. Because we could, I had, the, I had a suitcase in the cellar. We had to go to a women's shelter. As a last resort. What about a dog? You can't take a dog. And that's difficult. You can't yeah. take a dog to a woman's shelter. And um, this counselor said you're you're so lucky. You will you will see later on in life that you were really lucky that he's moving out. Mm. And you can stay in the house with the children. And we're I mean it's Germany. We've got social a social security system. You won't starve in the streets, you know? Yeah. You get so, social, I got social benefits for a couple of years, which was right. okay. Yeah. While finding my way back to work or to a steady job. Yeah. So, you, but financial abuse is a big problem, I think. Yes. That's why I, many, many women can't leave, or especially in the United States, where you don't have social security, social yeah. welfare. Germany's quite good at that I think.
0: Yeah um the UK I think is quite good at it as well we've you know I think we're quite lucky and I know that I wouldn't have been able to I don't even know how I'd be able to afford to live after coming out of a, a relationship like that and yeah. he only needed to look after me for a year or two to get me on my feet yeah. um so it, it's important isn't it and um so obviously this counsellor um, has said, you know, you will see later mm-hmm. in life.
1: Yeah. And he was so right. Wasn't so, I was just he about was right. to ask He you, was how? so right, yes. Yeah. So he moved out in August. And until the day he moved out, I was so afraid that he would still kill me or the kids or the dog, burn the house to the ground. It was a very, very stressful time from May to August was very stressful. I was I mean I couldn't sleep I could hardly eat I was nervous all the time the kids were terrible fighting all the time you no. yeah
0: and what was like uh, life like August came August he came he left I'm assuming. we sat
1: we sat in front of the door on the steps the kids the dog and I and this little lorry you know drove away around the bend and I felt devastated, you know, my dreams. I never wanted to be a single mom. I never wanted to be divorced. I couldn't even cry. I felt hollow, I felt empty. But my little son, I mean, my, he was so cute. Next day, my little son was sitting in the kitchen eating his muesli or yogurt or whatever. And between two spoons, he said, oh, it's so peaceful here, it's great no more shouting it's great it's so peaceful it's so quiet I love it so the little one was okay <laughs> you know from day one he was happy oh. the older one couldn't I think he couldn't laugh for two months he wasn't he was he's always had his sad face and I felt terrible I felt responsible I felt terrible I could get into a, a, we have very good job centers here. I could get into a training program for mothers who want to go back to work in September. It was great because it was paid for. Uh They paid for childcare and um, I got good counseling there. I got computer skills, uh, you know, and that was very good for my self-esteem. Hmm.
0: That sounds yeah. I mean that sounds really productive. That that should happen more
1: often. Yeah, that that was, happen. It was it was there was one one woman couldn't come and that's what I got this her space. Do you say her space? I got her
0: Yeah. Place. A spot space? place. A spot, her spot. Space. yes. Her <laughs> spot.
1: That's the word I was looking for. I got her spot, which was great.
0: Yeah. And um so after august and you obviously went on this uh path uh, managed to get that support to uh, potentially go back into work what happened to henry did you see him again did you do child contact or was that it
1: well he, of course he wanted to have child contact but not too much because he blamed he said he always said to me you don't bring up the children the right way they don't respect me um he couldn't really relate to little kids. So he didn't really want to see them over a weekend alone. So we visited once a month. And as soon as we got into his little flat, the kids started fighting. It was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. And when we were back in the car, I said to the kids, Why are you fighting when you know can't you behave? It would be so much easier. And they said, We don't know. We just have to fight. <laughs> I, mean, I think it was the atmosphere it was henry yeah. it was my nervousness mm.
0: yeah yeah that can that can definitely have a yeah. an impact in, in in a in a sense um so how did that relation how did how were things between you and henry then did you speak or did it, at that point did everything calm down and now it was just a simple transaction as it were
1: or <laughs> Well, he I was still hoping that we could co-parent in a good way for the kids. Mm-hmm. And I was naive enough to think that he saw the same, <laughs> which I mean, with the narcissist, we know both, it's not possible. No. They will use the kids, they use money to control you and blame you for everything that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So um he lucky enough he didn't want to see the kids too often which was good yeah and when they were older they had this little nokia handy it was, it was the time before smartphones <laughs> a little uh, purple nokia handy. <laughs> they would then say handy cell phone no cell phone is american what's british mobile phone mobile phone you thank hand you phone. handy is german okay <laughs> so cell phone mobile phone. it was this little nokia thing and um i said to the older one to my older my older son joe i call him joe i said if if he has one of his rages you you press button number one and the police will come right so i sent them off saturday morning and um they phoned me and they cried on the phone and then nothing i could do it's terrible Mm. He and wasn't, um, he, he wasn't. A, I, I hoped he would be a good father because he didn't have the everyday stress, you know. You know, you've got three kids school, mm. kindergarten, activities, sick kids. He didn't have that. So he could be a wonderful weekend daddy, but he wasn't, which was a big disappointment for me. Yeah. Because I hoped so much that they would have a nice relationship now.
0: Mm. Yeah. And I mean, of course, you. he was
1: blaming me that it didn't work course
0: just you saying that you know it's just you you clearly a caring person you know thinking of that and in the family courts here in the UK they're always saying that you have to um, be seen to be providing a positive relationship between the child and the father or the other parent that you're co-parenting with and not necessarily do you get that back, which I can hear some of what you have said. You can't so... co-parent
1: with an abuser. An abuser can't co-parent. It doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work. So how do you... How I do mean, you he's, pro- he's, he's such a messed up person. Mm. It doesn't, I, I didn't see... It at that time, I didn't see it. But later on, I saw it. hmm yeah. So,
0: so when we um, so how many years ago was this
1: <laughs> that was 2002 20, 2002 he moved out and we got divorced in 2005 so and was- in, fam- in, in family court he said I don't want to see the kids every weekend or every second weekend mm-hmm. I don't want to see them and the judge she was a young lady she was great she said that's when I won but yeah. I couldn't I couldn't get sole custody, which was a pity. Mm. Cause you what need... was the reason
0: for that then? If you don't mind um, me asking.
1: You, you don't get it. Uh, I mean I <laughs> I wasn't abused because right. he didn't he never hit me. There was no record of abuse. Right. The abuse he did wasn't considered abuse at that time. I, there were no smartphones. I didn't, couldn't record anything. I journaled. I wrote everything down. I wrote everything down, but police was never in my house. I mean, and my lawyer, lawyer, lawyer said, you won't get a sole custody because they want to have both parents to be parents. And uh, you only get sole custody if he hits the kids, if he is an alcoholic, if he uses drugs otherwise you will never ever get sole custody mm. and he could present himself very well you know as a businessman he was smart well-spoken mm. could act very charming and nice
0: so perhaps if things were to happen now things might have been a bit different obviously because the times have changed um considerably really in that length of time um but where are you now then how you know how are you now um how has recovery been um when I say recovery I almost feel like that's a final word but I actually think that it changes you for the rest of your life and you work out how you're going to live the rest of your life it still is a part of you isn't it it's almost like you will never forget what has happened but you can take those steps to move forward so how how has recovery been or the next steps of your life to where you are today
1: well the kids and I had the great family life you know we made it and that's a great book, Seven Habits of um, Successful families or something like that by Stephen Kobe. And I got along, I, I used this book. We had family meetings every Friday and you know we had fun and even though we didn't have much money, we had a fun family life, which was great. And they're very nice young men now. So and I got into a teaching career which is great. I love teaching. I'm a teacher now. But he's still got ways to abuse me financially which was a lot of stress till October last year I still had to do with lawyers and going to court even after that long time after the divorce and I'm free now (laughs) I earn the money I earn now is for myself you know (laughs) the best part <laughs> the best part and I'm totally no contact I blocked him everywhere yeah I went no con of very low contact uh three years ago when I found out about narcissistic abuse uh-huh. before that I had no idea what he was what narcissistic abuse is and when I found out about that it opened up my I, I understood everything yeah yeah
0: And I think once you can understand something that gives you the tools, it's almost like you've got something to work with on how to not fix it, but take. You know
1: how to. I still try to be friends, you know, kind of. But then I found out it doesn't work. You can't be friends with a narcissist or a psychopath. <laughs> Doesn't work. So I went no contact, and my oldest son is great. He's so good. When I got a, a letter from a lawyer, I, I had a pan, panic attack.
0: Oh,
1: I, you know, terrible. So um, I went to the um, it's called Frauenhilfe in German, the women's help, uh-huh. which is really good nowadays because they know much more than twenty years ago. Yeah. And this counselor said, um, "Let your son read it to you." uh don't read it don't read emails don't read his emails so I had them sent to my son and my son is 28 now and he read it to me and he uh, I didn't have to deal with it directly which was really good yeah yeah
0: and how how are your your sons then obviously if you know they've got to read that material anyway but how how is their relationship with their father
1: um, the little one was very much afraid of him. He didn't. He did. He never visited without his older brother. Uh-huh. They had a close relationship, even though they're very different. And three years ago, when I went no contact, Henry started love bombing the little one. Uh, the little one is twenty-five. Okay, the youngest <laughs> son. <laughs> well, he's still the little one, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I gave him lots of money, and um, that's when I went low contact with my younger son. Because I never know what he tell, what he's telling his father. Aww. And I see it this way. I mean, he owes his sons thousands of euros in child support. Yeah. So it's okay that he's giving it to his little son now. Yeah. I'm fine with that. I hope the, ma- the mask will slip one day and I won't lose the little son. I hope not. He's got yeah. a very nice girlfriend who is a vet, which is nice. <laughs> veterinarian yes and the older son um he's always been very good in assessing people even when he was a little boy you know he saw a person he listened to a person said oh this this good person bad person this teacher is not very this teacher's lying you know stuff like that and he can handle his father's he makes i mean he really um makes fun of him in a way writing him stuff you know right I him see. <laughs> using his <laughs> com- communication skills to really really have fun with his terribly disturbed father oh
0: goodness
1: but as we know it doesn't get better when they age
0: yeah I mean it I've got worse. all of that
1: to come so yeah. <laughs> it gets worse you know right <laughs> and sometimes um, my older son tells me about the emails his father sends him and what he answers him and it's funny yeah I can oh. see I can see the fun now <laughs> but I I I, I, I don't want to see him again never again this man yeah never, ever again
0: no, well I can understand that and um you know it's it's quite interesting to hear about your two sons and how 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 they're they are with him um it's it's not easy when I suppose it's easy being in that relationship um and being protective as a mum and no. bringing it all on yourself but you don't often think about I don't know, the, the long-term effects on children and that's a really difficult thing to really consider isn't it um
1: but well, I think you know the older son was eight So he remembers the rages, the way his father was. Mm -hmm. Younger son was five, and I don't think he remembers that much. Mm. Even though he was the one who said, um, I wish he was dead. But as a grown up, I don't think he remembers what happened when he was four, three years old.
0: I think the further you go down the line, you know, I think so my children are quite um young still. My eldest is 11. I've got a 9-year-old and then a 5-year-old.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: my um 5-year-old she remembers us going to Disney World a couple well 3 years ago. So she was oh, whoa. <laughs> she was well she was 3 because she's just about she's going to be turning 6 but well, she has she's like do you remember when um but mm-hmm. what I think will happen is you know a few, maybe a few years down the line she probably won't remember it and photos will be the forced memory if that makes sense yeah. um the memory you make up i guess um so i think it's interesting because as years go by i think those memories do dissolve into to uh, to some extent and sometimes it's a good thing and sometimes it's a not so a good thing right
1: <laughs> so i'm not sure if they um they seem to be healthy you know
0: yeah
1: yeah so I think they're quite resilient mm-hmm. but it will be interesting when they have their own families their own kids
0: uh-huh.
1: if anything's yeah. triggering we'll... yeah no I suppose that I is mean, the next I think step. that's that's interest that that will be interesting in the mm. long run
0: yeah
1: well or, or, or how they feel when their father dies I mean I think I will feel free when he's finally gone. Yeah. I mean, it sounds harsh, doesn't it? (laughs) Wishing him dead. Mm. No. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) He's done so much damage. Oh, he cost me (sighs) 10 years of my life, even longer.
0: I I, I have to confess, I used to have times where I would get like, you know, the unknown number on your phone. Mm-hmm. and you miss it and i'm like oh, what if that was the police telling me my ex is dead <laughs> 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 oh no it's not <laughs> it's just a prank call <laughs> but yeah it's Do, you it Do we, your
1: children have contact
0: with him? we don't have any contact we haven't had any contact for for nearly five years
1: okay. now
0: so so you've um, got
1: sole custody
0: yeah it's called they residency I've got a a no contact order and Mm -hmm. in the UK that's um one percent of people have a no contact order so I feel quite lucky to have one Mm -hmm. um but at the same time I know that he'll be waiting until they turn 18 or something like that you know he'll he's not gone you know he's you know he's moved on he's had a baby with another girlfriend, and mm-hmm. then she's now left, and now he's got mm. a baby with another one. Okay. So, the more babies he has, the less important we become. If he can have yeah. more babies, and you know, then that's fine. Yeah. Um, it sounds really harsh, doesn't it? But I feel like I'm trying, I'm in that protection mode of, of children. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like really appreciate you sharing. You know your side because I've got what you've been through yet to come in a way. So
1: because when they're grown ups, they they're grown up. Okay. Yeah, I've done my share. I brought them up the best way yeah. I could, and then they're grown ups, and you know you have to let them go. You have to yeah. find out who they are, what they want from life, and of course it's the father. You know, it's the father. Yeah,
0: I mean I'm. I- fully expecting of anything like that but it doesn't make it
1: easy does it no <laughs> not at all <laughs> well thank I, you. I remember my youngest son when he was 15 he went to a party and he drank too much and he got very aggressive and he came home he was crying and he said to me god i'm so afraid i'm gonna turn into my father and Then I thought he remembers the rages somehow. I don't know. And I said to him, okay, you drank too much. Many people become aggressive when they drink too much. So, you know, don't drink too much. Yeah. But I mean, it was heartbreaking. He was a teenager and he was afraid he would become a monster. Because his father behaved like a monster
0: Mm.
1: when he had his... I suppose
0: at least he you knows you know, like you said, uh, mentioned, you know, taking away that alcohol, so to speak, you know, yeah. so it doesn't create, you know, that those feelings um, to that to a certain extent. Um, so it's almost like you can look after yourself um, and at least that's recognized, at least there, you know, that was thought about in terms of, oh, I don't want to end up like him. Um, I was, that subconsciously I mean, there,
1: and and I was, I really was happy that he told me. Yeah, I mean, for me as a mother, that was like a little success. <laughs> you know, how te- I mean, you haven't got teenagers yet, but teenagers can be. You no know, they don't tell you much anymore.
0: <laughs> I think I've gone completely opposite with mine. We've got this open relationship. I get told everything. Oh, I don't even want to go into it. My 11 year old is updating me on all her pubescent moments right now. <laughs> oh, She's my a girl, goodness. you know.
1: She's a girl. <laughs> Maybe girls are different. I've only got two sons. I don't know. I'm not sure.
0: <laughs> oh, well, And um, what can I say? It's, you know, such a really hard story. Um, but yet you've smiled throughout it and shared it with us. And, you know, I just want to thank you for that because for me it it helps me as a mom in you know from, from what's yet to come and gives me reassurance um and for you know listeners as well just even the change in society almost gives us a bit of hope that yeah. things are making a difference because sometimes you can feel like why isn't there change but that's probably because we're looking at a couple of years or a smaller period of time. But when we look at the grand scheme of things, things have changed um, and yes, we do need to recognize have. that.
1: Yeah, they definitely have. Yeah. So like 20 years ago you. you were lost. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there wasn't much help. I was lucky, but most many women weren't.
0: So final thoughts. What would you say to somebody that thinks they're in an abusive relationship, I've put you on a spot on the spot there.
1: Ask for help. You can't do it alone. You can't do it alone. And there's good help out there. Mm. In my country there is. And if if the first counselor isn't any good, find a second, find a third, find a fourth. <laughs> until you find the right one. Because I had really bad counselors mm. in the beginning. And if I had a daughter, you know, if I had a daughter, I would tell her, never (laughs) stop working. Yeah. Because money is so important if you don't have it.
0: Yeah. No, that's that is good advice, actually. And
1: it's um they can control you through money. That's and that's a terrible, terrible, terrible. I know of many women who never left because of money.
0: Mm. No. Well, thank you so much, Susan. um yeah I, I really appreciate you sharing you know even I've put you on the spot there so for sharing that and for telling us um, a part of your journey if anybody felt that they wanted to reach out to you in any way to talk about the things that they've heard um would that be okay and how would they find you
1: they can find me on twitter mm-hmm. I'm not too much into social media, but Twitter. I love Twitter. As you know, <laughs> every Wednesday evening, I love Twitter. <laughs> and
0: so I- we'll, what we'll do is we'll pop um, Susan's Twitter handle in the description of the podcast so everybody can click on through and find her there. And if you happen to be around on hashtag abuse talk on a Wednesday it's evening for for me so it's eight till nine UK time Susan what time is it for you your is it an hour difference
1: it's an hour difference it's nine to ten
0: that's nine to ten if you're when I'm working it's really hard
1: when i'm back back to school it will be very hard
0: oh no um, but yes um you're always you're nearly always there unless you've fallen asleep yeah. <laughs> um so thank you for for that and um, i'll pop everything in the description of the podcast for anybody wanting to get in touch um and please do um susan or how i've been saying in my head you tear <laughs>
1: When it's Uta 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 Ute. Ute. Yeah. Ute. Ute. Uh, Ute. I'm still going it wrong. It's English. Yeah, well, it's the English thing. If you see a U, you say U, but in German, it's Ute.
0: Ute. Um, like, so, like <laughs> double
1: O. Double O.
0: Double O. Okay. Ute. Ute.
1: Yeah, yes, very good. there we go. Yeah,
0: I've yes, got it in one there now. <laughs> um, so, um, anyway, Uta is around <laughs> on um abuse talk usually, so you can find her there as well. Um, but thank you so much once again for spending your time, um, and telling us a part of your journey and um, for encouraging us to never give, give up on finding the right support as well. I think yeah. that's such an important message,
1: very important, yes. Thank you for having me. It was so nice to meet you in person. (laughs) One of these days after COVID and after Brexit is sorted out, I'm going to come for a visit. I would love that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh that was just so much fun to be honest and uh, it was just great to actually meet um, Ute on Zoom and get to see her in person and have um, a really great conversation around that podcast episode as well so I look forward to continuing to tweeting with her on hashtag abuse talk and beyond that as well. Um, you've been listening to me, Jennifer Gilmore, author of Isolation Junction and Clipped Wings and soon to be The Funky Frex, a children's book that raises awareness about healthy friendships versus unhealthy friendships because I believe that we need to start right at the beginning and sharing those pink and red flags at a really early place in our lifetime so that we can be equipped as we grow up to have the right people around us um so that is due out in january and i'm really looking forward to it if you want to find out more about my work and what i'm doing you can head to jennifergilmore.com and if you want to come on the podcast um or you want to find out more about hashtag abuse talk and the twitter chat and join in head to abusetalk.co.uk